Welcome everybody to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ, season six, episode number 21. Got a special guest with us today. We have Coach Rohan Johnson of Lionheart uh, Basketball. Coach, I appreciate you coming on with us this morning. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And uh, before we jump in, man, and really start talking about skill development, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how you got started into skill development, um, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so um, I started skill development when I was a freshman in college in 2015. Uh, so going back to my playing career, I played at Kingston High School. I played two years of varsity. Um, my senior year, uh, I we we weren't good at all. We won two games, so I didn't want to go to a place where I was going to lose. So I wanted to. I had a, a chance to walk on at a pretty uh, great school, and then I had a chance to play at a Division three school. And then that same year, I found out that I had an enlarged heart. So that threw a bunch of red flags on my physicals, and I wasn't. Uh, able to be cleared to play for any physicals at the college level. So that kind of crushed my dreams from a little kid. So I decided to go to a, a community college that was like an hour and a half away. Uh, a lot of my friends that I knew were there. So I felt comfortable going there. And uh, I, I just asked the basketball coach. I tried out illegally, really, without any of my papers, just to show the basketball coach that I, I was capable of uh, playing. And then I asked him after uh, if I could come on as like a student assistant coach. And he was kind of upset because I think he was going to pick me to play. And and uh, he thought and then he was like upset that and I told him my situation that uh, having a large heart and like even if you want how bad you want me to play, I won't be able to be cleared for physical. So I rather I always want to coach. So I rather start my coaching career. But as I started coaching, I realized even players at that level uh, were missing the foundational skills to uh, perform well at that level. Like uh, one thing that uh, I remember specifically is a player not being able to get open uh, without the ball, like not knowing when to backdoor cut or when to be cut to get open. So uh, that's when I started working with the local players there. And then I followed a bunch of trainers like uh, Drew Hanlon on social and Iden Raven. I actually read his book um, called Hoop Whispers. And then that's when I realized that player development could become a business. So I, that's when I started. It was my freshman year of college and it's been taken off ever since. So we've been five, that was 2015. So we're five, yeah, 2016, we're five years in right now. So we're still young. Man, <laughs> I had uh, my last episode, I had uh, Ethan Koza on here mm -hmm. and uh, he's 21. So okay. he, he, he's been doing it for about two years, I believe if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, so, you know, and I've been, he's 21. Mm -hmm. And I will be doing it for 20 years in yeah. the fall. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, but it's it's good, man. Um, it's good to hear and talk with 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 some some young guys, some energetic guys that's that's got a maybe a different view mm -hmm. on skill development that can use technology in different ways, um, that that can reach the kids in a different way. Because I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter how mm -hmm. long you've been coaching or you know, if you're just getting started or you're a seasoned vet, you can always learn from different people at different stages of their career. Yep. So mm -hmm. you, know, you can have that closed mindset of, I know everything, I know, yep. I know the game, I know how this works. So you know, I'm looking forward to this, uh, to this, to this conversation. So 
the first question that I have everybody, that I ask everybody is, in your own opinion, what is skill development and how important mm -hmm. is it to the game of basketball? I think uh, skill development, player development is very important to the game of basketball, just especially at the foundational level, like being able to finish with both hands, that gives you an advantage at a younger level. And same thing when you, when you turn into an adult, playing in adult leagues or high school leagues, being able to finish with both hands helps you helps your game a lot. Being able to dribble with both hands helps your game a lot. Being able to go both ways, footwork, all that stuff helps your game a lot. And that gives you an opportunity to play um, in different systems and different positions. And from a coaching standpoint, it allows this player to be successful in whatever position you put him in and whatever position and system you put him in. Um, if he has the skill, the foundational skills to get to that level. Yeah, just, you know, there are so many different different ways you can view that question. Mm -hmm. I've asked, I, every person I've interviewed, I've asked them that, and I've gotten probably over 100 different answers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's going to be based on your experience, you know, how you play, what you value as a, as a coach. Um, but, you know, skill development to me is like, it's like the heartbeat of mm -hmm. the game, you know, so it's what gets everything going. You know, mm -hmm. some players um, nowadays, they're very skillful or they mm -hmm. have a lot of skills, but they don't necessarily know how to apply those apply, yep. apply those skills to the game. Mm -hmm. So we as trainers, we got to figure out ways that we can add to your game, make you better as an individual, but also be able to fit within a system yep. and be able to apply those things in that game situation. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, so all of that is 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 really important. So, um, in the past, I've asked different different types of questions, and and I'm actually switching it up on you. And, and I gave and I sent you these. I sent you yeah. these questions. Um, but I'm switching it up because I want to try to get to know or get information from the trainers from a different perspective. I think it's mm -hmm. easy to say, okay, these are some fundamental skills, and we could talk about that. Yeah, these are some fundamental skills, but I really want to try to help team coaches that okay. may be listening and they may mm -hmm. not get the opportunity to do as much training as we do. So mm -hmm. when a player comes into your gym mm -hmm. and uh, it's their first time working with you, how do you evaluate that player to mm -hmm. be able to help them reach another level? What do you look for? Is there certain things you look for? Is there certain things you like to do with them? What do you do to kind of evaluate their skill set? So before a player even steps in the gym with us, uh, I try to have access to all their film. I tell them to send me as much film as they can. And I do um, a shot chart. So, and I, then I put into a Google Sheets where uh, we, I just put, just like a regular shot chart, I put X's and O's where you've taken shots and missed shots and stuff like that, just so I can get an idea where most of your shots are coming from, where your spots are coming from. So let's just say you're a shooter. Most of your shots are coming from the corner and wing, right? Even if you're shooting a low, low percentage from there, that's where your shots are coming from. So whatever system you're playing in, that's, that's where your shots are coming from. And then the next thing I do, um, which I'm not really successful at because it's, I don't know why a couple of coaches haven't reached out to me, but the coaches that do reach back out to me when I reach out to them about a player that I have that's within their program, I reach out to them and I ask them, what can this player work on to help them win the next season or help them win more games? Not, and I don't make it about the player as, right. as a sense, as in like, what can I do to get this player more minutes? I'm asking what 
can I do for this player to help you win more games next yeah. year? And usually with that, I, I get a response when I do. Uh, that helps out a lot too, because then I know what to work on with the player. And they're not only, the player's not only hearing this from me, they're hearing this from someone that's in charge of their minutes the next season. So it makes it a little easier for them to buy into what we're working on. So with the, once we create the shot chart, the workouts uh, kind of become easy. I mean, things that we work on every time and I, I try to evaluate is ball and body movement. So we start with a, like a ball handling warm up that we do that I actually stole from Phil Beckner, who's a mentor of mine. And he uh, just talks about like keeping your chest up and your chin up and not allowing the ball to control you and you being in control of the ball. So we do things like that. It doesn't matter the player, whether it's a guard, a big, we, we do that stuff. And then and we work on uh, weekend development making sure you're able to finish with both hands and dribble with both hands. And then we get into a game like action. So if, like I said before, if you're someone that shoots a lot from the corners and wings, we'll work on those catch and shoot until you get to a certain percentage in the drills that we're doing. Then we'll add counters to those where it's one dribble pull up and attacking closeouts and stuff like that, getting to the basket. And then from there on, we'll make reads. We'll throw a live defender at you. So we have to make reads. Um. Man, that's a lot. That's a lot of good information uh, that you're sharing right there. And, 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 and the thing that I like the most about everything that you just said, you're keeping it simple, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is simple, you know? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some trainers and coaches out there that do a lot of innovative stuff. And, you know, uh, some of it is over the top or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm more simple-minded. I like to keep mm -hmm. things as simple as possible. Yeah. But, you know, that like what you're doing with the shot chart, you know, being mm -hmm. able to see where players shoot from, where they're getting the majority of their shots, what action they're getting their shots off of. And then you go in and you drill that in your, in your training sessions. Then you talked about how you add or progress from that. So uh, mm -hmm. if you're a shooter, well, I call it skill stacking. What can we yep. do to mm -hmm. complement the skills that you have? So if mm -hmm. you're a catch and shoot guy, let's add a one dribble pull up. Let's add a two dribble pull up. That's mm -hmm. Let's figure out how we can attack these closeouts. Yeah. So any coach that's out there listening, if you're if you have a um, if you're coaching a team, what what Rohan just gave you is some great information on how to evaluate each of your players. Mm -hmm. You can go back and study film, understand yep. where they're getting their shots from, understand that their strengths and their weaknesses, and then you build your skill development on top of that. Now that's specific to the player. It's specific to your system. And yep. then that's how you can increase your team um, ability and skills. And then that in turn can, can give your team more, yeah. more wins. I, I always tell uh, trainers and, and even kids that reach out to me that they always ask me, what's the best training tool? And I always tell them, to be honest, we don't use a lot of cones and stuff like that in our gym. The best training tool to me is film because it tells the truth. Yep. It tells the truth if you're a good shooter or not. Tell the truth if you're good finishing with your left hand or not. There's you can't run from film, you know. I mean, there's, there's no better accountability partner than watching yourself play basketball. Yeah, and and to add to that, what players got to learn is how to watch film. Mm -hmm. it's, it's easy and simple for us to sit there and watch and just be like, "Ooh, watch this! Ooh, I hear yeah, yeah. this James yeah. Harden right here. Watch this." Mm -hmm. um, but we have to understand how to watch film and understand, mm -hmm. uh, you know, be able to figure out what I did wrong, what I did right. Why did this work? Why this didn't work? And what can mm -hmm. I what I can do to improve? Yep. Um, so all those things are 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 really important. So um, I have an idea from just mm -hmm. 
listening and hearing what you were saying about when you evaluate your players, but let's talk about your philosophy when okay. it comes to skill development. What do you, where do you like to hang your, your hat on when it comes to uh, skill development? Uh, so I try to hang my hat on like whole player development as far as like mental, uh, if, if this is a high school kid, school-wise. Um, like I even tell kids when they come to the gym, like, hey, I care about basketball a lot, but I want you to be leave this gym every time being a better person. I want you to be able to uh, go out into the society and be a good citizen. And if you could take the skills you learn from basketball to work really hard and do things the right way, keep things simple, have a routine, and you can apply that to your life, then I feel like you're going to, you're going to, basketball is going to come easy. And then life is going to come a lot much easier because you're willing to put the work in. You're willing to wake up early and not be late to a workout and hold yourself accountable when you are late and stuff like that. So my philosophy um, is b b making uh, kids and just people in general a better, better person, better citizen. Yeah, there's so many life skills you can learn from basketball. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, and, and I'm sure you have a set of core values, things that you really value that you think are important yep. for, for players to learn you know, mm -hmm. uh, off the court, which you can teach them on the court. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really important. Um, and, and here's a bonus question. I didn't see mm -hmm. this question. No, no, that's all right. It kind of, it kind of, you know, it hit me. Um, so when you're talking about kids learning mm -hmm. off the court and on the court, I feel like that has a lot to do with relationships. Yep. So how important do you think it is for, for you and the players that you work with to have some type of relationship? Because I feel like relationships build trust and then that mm. equals buy-in. Yep. So, uh, it's just like the old cliche, players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yep. So I make sure um, I'm reaching out. Like if I have a, I'm not going to reach out to a kid if they only come and work out once, like all the time. But I have a, we have a core set of kids in our program that I reach out to and check up on them and make sure that if they haven't showed up to a workouts in a while, I'll just ask them like, Hey, how have you been? I don't even start off with, Hey, you missed workouts. I start right. off with how you've been. And then you turn to find out that something's going on in their life. And then we have a conversation. We either hop on a zoom call or a, they give me a call or we just, we're just continue with the text messaging, but I just make sure to continue to check up, up on them about life in general. Like if yep. they play another sport, I'll show up to their soccer game. I'll like, I have a girl actually in our program and she said, she, you know, she, she doesn't want to play basketball for the rest of her life. She wants to be a doctor. So I, right now I'm fighting to get her into an internship with a doctor that I know. So mm -hmm. I do things like that to yep. always like reach out and help them out uh, in life <laughs> instead of just focus on basketball. Yeah. That goes such a long way, man. I, I've, I've said this, you know, time and time again on my on my podcast that, you know, when those kids are done playing basketball, when quote unquote the final buzzer sounds and they, yep. they check themselves out of the game, they're not playing anymore. I want to get invitations to weddings. I want to get mm -hmm. pictures and emails about, you know, them getting married or having a kid or their child mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, they just let you know that the relationship that you had was built on more than just basketball. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's huge. That's, that's really, really important. Um, next thing I, I have for you. So I know I have experienced this a lot in the past. Players will come a lot during the summer. Mm -hmm. And of course, when school starts, they have different obligations and responsibilities, and they may not be able to come as often, but they are quick to come if they are struggling. 
Yeah. And so if a player is struggling with their shot or their their game is off, mm-hmm. um, they will they will come come back to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this this could be approached in a number of different ways. But if a if a player contacts you and say, Coach, this is the issue that I'm facing, this is a problem that I'm having. Mm-hmm. What do you like to do to help them through that problem? Yeah. And and mentally, what do you mm-hmm. like to try to do to tell them to help them through? Yeah. So if it's if it's someone that's like in a, a shooting slump, like I know this kid's a good shooter and he's in a shooting slump, I try to figure out what's going on in their life personally. Like it's it's a, if, is it a girlfriend? Are they struggling with school? <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean? I figure out yeah. what's going on personally with them. Is, is that affecting their game? If it's not that then we go back and watch film. Uh, so I try to record all my workouts either, especially if we're developing someone's shot. I try to record my workouts just on my phone and then I send it to them. So we would go back to watch those films from the summer uh, on my phones and see the difference between how they were shooting then and how they're shooting in the moment that they're struggling and just make little, make little tweaks. I don't try to make big changes during, this, right. during the season, just, just little tweaks in their game to get them going back to um, the way they were playing or shooting in the summer. And if they're, if I get them in the gym, then we try to just like we always do, we just try to rep game actions within their system, within their play. So we'll step away a little bit from like, like skill building and skill development and we'll go right to just putting them into the plays they see and throwing live defenders at them and having them react that way. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of time what I've seen is with some of the players is, it's just, I tell them to not to use me as a crutch. Okay, you yeah. Know, because sometimes players will be like, I need to get back with Coach TJ. Uh, mm-hmm. My shot is off. Uh, mm-hmm. Something is going on with my shot. And I can tell, you know, I'm sure you can too, within just, you know, a couple of minutes, if there is something actually wrong with their shot or if it's just Mental. they had a bad shooting game or you yeah. had a bad two, shoot, two bad shooting game. Mm-hmm. And they could come in, I can tell you right, I'm like, man, ain't nothing wrong with your shot. I'm like, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like yeah. you just need somebody to, to give you that confidence. But mm-hmm. um, I typically, if it's shooting, I typically ask the players, number one, are you taking good shots? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are Very you important. good open shots? Mm-hmm. Um, once they kind of tell me that, then I say, okay, are you getting to the free throw line? Yeah, I'm getting to the free throw line. Well, are you making your free throws? Yeah, I'm making my free throw. I'm like, mm-hmm. how does your shot feel? So mm-hmm. we have to kind of dig a little bit. And the reason why I'm saying this is because there are some coaches that, that coach teams mm-hmm. and you're going to have players that struggle. So you have to be able to figure out different ways that you can help them through it. Yeah. So, you know, so with you, you say, Hey, I'm trying to figure out if there's anything going on outside of basketball, which is mm-hmm. great because we know that outside of those, outside of that court, we can have different types of distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about mentally? Mentally yeah. when a player is struggling, um, whether they're coming back, especially like they're coming back from an injury, there's a mm-hmm. little bit of self-doubt, or if they had a bad couple of shooting games. Um, is that something that you try to do and work with within your training session with them? Or mm-hmm. is it, do you like send them, you know, some some motivational quotes, some Eric yeah. Thomas type stuff? What is yeah. it you like to do to help so, them? So I do um, send like podcasts and, and motivational things to players if they're injured or like if they're coming off an injury and they're not playing a lot and they're a little uh, nervous because being injured is definitely like nerve wracking, uh, stepping back onto the court. Like you're scared you're to risk that injury again and you've been sitting out for a while. You might be anxious. 
So while they're sitting out and they're injured, I just send them game film to watch uh, either a, them play or a player in their position at a higher level and in a similar system uh, just to you can still like learn the game with IQ get a high IQ by watching the game and breaking stuff down that way um, with a player that's struggling shooting like I had a player recently who had a so they weren't struggling shooting they had a good game but they uh, struggled defensively and I think they gave up the game winning shot and she texted me and she said that she like felt like she left let her team down so you may feel that way if you weren't I didn't have a good night shooting. And I said to her, um, and she was dealing with negative emotion. I said to her, well, what you really need to do is unpack those emotions. Like it's all right to have negative emotions. You're frustrated. You love the game and you felt like you let your team down. But I was like, have you let your team down before? The answer is probably yes. You probably missed the game winning shot. You probably had a bad shooting night before, you know, you probably didn't play that well. And at the end of that, are, are you still able to suit up for that team the next day? Were you able to still go to practice the next day? Did they take your jersey away? No. Did they, were you able to suit up? Yes. Did you play in the next game? Yes. Were your minutes cut? No. So if you unpack that, at the end of the day, it's really nothing. Yeah, you, you gave up a game-winning shot. No one, wants to, no one wants that to happen, but the best thing you can do from it is learn, is learn to become a better defender from that shot. So that's what I try to emphasize when kids are struggling is you just got to learn from your mistakes. Every time you make a mistake, it's going to happen. The team that makes the least mistakes in the game ends up winning. And sometimes you're going to make a lot of mistakes in life. And sometimes you're not, but the best way to learn the game and the game of life is to learn from those mistakes. So once like we talked about that and I sent her a podcast also, and she like felt a lot better, but that's, that's pretty much the same conversation I have with, with every kid is just un unpack your emotions and really think about what uh, is at the end of, or the other side of this fear. It's usually nothing at the end of the day. Yeah, when some of the best advice I heard was from my dad when I was a kid. Um, he was talking about, you know, if I miss a, a, a shot to win the game or if somebody hits a shot on me mm -hmm. to win a game, um, I always felt like I lost the game at the, you know, at the end. Oh, I lost the game. My man scored or. I lost the game because I missed the shot. But he told me, he said, he said, well, well son, you don't, you don't lose the game at the end. Only thing you can do is win it. Mm -hmm. And they didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I said, well, you know, like, what do you, what do you mean by that? He said, well, if you can lose the game at the, at the end, he said, so basically what you're saying is you're canceling out everything that happened up to that Before. point. Okay, yeah, so that makes Every sense. turnover, every missed shot, every bad defensive rotation, you know, everything up to that point didn't matter. You say, but it mm -hmm. does matter because everything that happened up to that point put you in that certain situation. Mm -hmm. So you can't lose at the end, yeah. lose throughout the course of the game. Mm -hmm. Now you're at the end of the game. Now you're in position to only win it. So if yeah. you're up by one and that player comes off a double screen and you get hit and you don't get there in time to contest and they hit the shot, they won it at the end. You didn't yeah. lose it at the end. So- okay. I kind of started telling kids that and they kind of started looking at it a little, a little different. And I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It <laughs> so does. No, it does. Yeah. You know, that takes away some pressure too. So I tell them, Hey, when you're in the game, just always know if you got the last shot or if y'all are trying to win it at the end, that's the only thing you can do. You can only win it at the end. You can't lose it because mm -hmm. if you feel that way and you're canceling out everything that happened up until 
up until yeah. that point. Yeah, and I think I think it's important that. So another thing uh, I don't know if you want to talk about, but just the importance of like having a, a parent support. Like it seems like your yeah. dad yeah. had you had that support, and like I know a lot of kids that come in struggle with their parents like feeling emotionally attached to their games. And I'm just like, I try to tell these parents, like yeah. the only thing you could do for your kid is be a mom or be a dad. Like be a mom, be a dad. Yeah. You, your emotion can't ebb and flow on whether your kid performs well or not. At the end of the day, you just got to tell them, Hey, I love you. If you score 30 points, I love you. If you score zero, because yeah. then it becomes a game to them again and fun instead of like a job and a chore. So it's... yes, that's, that's, that is huge. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's because, you know, I got the opportunity to play in college and mm -hmm. I have a 10 year old now that's playing. And so my dad was tough on me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was out of love. He didn't know how to do it. He did it mm -hmm. the best way he, that he felt that he could. Um, and so I always said, I'm a, when I have a kid, I'm going to do and work with them different than mm -hmm. my dad did with me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I mean, my dad taught me a lot and I, I learned a lot from him, but parents do need to understand their role. And yeah. a parent's role is to be supportive in your child's mm -hmm. dream. So if your child's dream is to play basketball in high school or play in college, as a parent, you have to support them. You support them in whatever yep. way that, that is, that's emotionally, whether that's financially, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you support them to help them achieve their goal, yeah. not mm -hmm. your goal. Your goal, yeah. Yeah, despite how mm. good or how talented you think your child may be, we mm. have to support them in their goal. Yeah. Um, now, does that mean that we can't push them and let them understand, hey, if you want this, you gotta work hard? Yeah. get that. Mm -hmm. But we, we can't get so frustrated to where we feel like, I'm so upset with you because you're not re me, uh, reaching my expectations. Yeah. And then mm. on top of that, since we're talking about basketball, since this is a basketball podcast, um, we can't be that parent that criticize coaches mm -hmm. in front of our kids. Yeah, I like, agree 100%. That yeah. just messes up. Uh, that's a whole nother dynamic. So mm -hmm. I have what my wife calls kitchen table talk. Mm -hmm. So what she mean by that is there are certain things that you would say uh, at home at the kitchen table, but you don't yeah. say it out in public. Yeah, so I think as parents, there are certain things that we can say to each other, you know, mm -hmm. me and my wife or, you know, uh, uh, one parent can say something to the other parent, but you don't say it in front of the child. Mm -hmm. So I can't sit up here and criticize or should should try not to criticize my child's coach mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. say things like they don't know what they're doing. Don't listen to them because yeah. that's going to have a negative effect on their performance yeah. because now they're in the game and they're trying to figure out, should I listen to my coach? Mm -hmm. or should I listen to my dad or my mom? <laughs> yeah. The stands. So we, we, we gotta be able to keep our emotions out of it. Now there's an exception. I feel like if you know your child is being wrong on mm -hmm. purpose, yeah, mm -hmm. you can step in and try to make some changes or changes or some adjustments. But mm -hmm. for the most part, we gotta, we gotta try to just give them that support. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about decision-making. Okay. Um, basketball IQ to mm -hmm. me is like one of the top skills that players have got to develop. Mm -hmm. uh, 
understanding when to dribble, pass, and shoot. And I try to keep it as simple as possible when I'm working with kids. Hey, you need to learn when to dribble, pass, and shoot. If you can master yeah. those three things, you, you, you're hmm. doing pretty good. So what do you like to do? Um, and you don't have to necessarily describe specific drills, but what is yeah. it you like to do to challenge players' decision-making offensively mm -hmm. and defensively yeah. uh, in your training sessions? So uh, we have, we're lucky enough to have a lot of helpers. So we have live defenders. So we kind of just, so if it's something new, like we just do it uh, without any defender there, one on air, and then we throw one defender at, at them and we make decisions off that. And then the next tier defender would be making decision whether to pass or to shoot. Like just, we just have live defenders. Like it's, that's how, that's how we do it. We, and then we put the defender in different, ways to be set up and stuff like that just so it, we make it as game-like as possible and then on the def defensive end same thing we just give you a, a live defender I mean live live offensive player yeah I try to I, I I've I've over the years I have kind of done in three different ways with with the defense of course you know we all got the the dummy defense you just yeah you just running beside the offensive player so they can feel your presence or you're mm -hmm. just gonna be in front of them when they shoot. Um, and then the, the, the next phase I like to go to is why I give the defense options, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm gonna give you two options to make this offensive player have to make a read. Yeah. And then of course the last one is just, you do what you want. You just, mm -hmm. you're gonna be live. Um, but decision-making, man, it's it so, so important. Mm -hmm. I think overall in skill development, you hear that a lot, but we yeah. got to do a much better job of teaching the players I, on I think, reads and decision. Yeah. I think one thing that we do that we do well is uh, we act, I ask questions. Like I don't give the player the answer. Yeah. So like if yeah. let's say they're driving to the rim and there's a secondary defender coming and they don't kick it to the corner and they turn it over in the drill, I ask them, what should you have done there? and they give me the answer. And then we, if it's the wrong answer, I keep on asking them until they get it right. So, and if it's just one-on-one -on -one and they, let's say they get blocked, I ask, what could you have done different there? Yeah. And they, once they come up with the answers on their, on their self, that's when I start seeing like real development. Cause I, now they know how to, uh, that's them learning from that mistake. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah, players gotta learn to be able to think on their own. Mm -hmm. And if we give them, if we continue to give them answers, then they're not thinking on their own. I was actually thinking about this the other day. There's a big difference between my generation, and of course, the younger generation. And part mm -hmm. of it has to do with, um, it's not a negative. It's, it's mm -hmm. actually, you know, it's not a negative or I don't consider a positive. It's just a difference. Mm -hmm. um, my generation, when we were coming up, we had uh, encyclopedias. Um, if we wanted to find a book in the library, there was a system you had to go through to, to, yeah. to and you had to use a lot of critical thinking to, mm -hmm. to find answers to certain stuff. The younger generation, they have so much access to technology, which is a good thing. It's just a lot mm -hmm. simpler, but that critical thinking element to me is not massaged quite as much. Yeah. So uh, when you're at home and you have technology, you'd be like, huh, I wonder what the weather is and China right now. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You go to Google, you type it in, there's a yeah. mm -hmm. Um, So they have access to answers so much easier. And so they don't have to critic, they don't have to use that critical thinking quite as much. Yeah. Um, so I think when we're in practice, we have to really massage that, you know, try yeah. to get them to think mm -hmm. the game. 
Yep. So one thing that I've been doing, I try to do as much as possible, but I kind of get caught in the moments because I'm a one man show. Hmm. Um, I have an app that I use on my phone and I can record it and I cast it to a TV. So when okay. we're doing two on two, three on three, you know, hmm. I can record it. I can see a play. If there's something real specific they need to see, mm-hmm. I can show it on the TV screen. Nice. And okay. it allows me to draw on there and say, hey, nice. you know, this is a gap. You should have took this gap. Or mm. what were you thinking? So like you said, I asked them questions. What were you mm. thinking right here? Because yeah, a lot of thinking? times yeah. they know what to do, mm-hmm. but they just don't necessarily have, they're not skilled enough to make that pass on time. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. skilled enough or athletic enough to get that shot off. So um, there's different ways to improve decision-making, but we got to really continue to massage that because a lot of times players are getting the gym and they'll just work on, you know, a two combo move and yeah. shoot, but mm-hmm. they don't know when to do that, that, yeah. that combo move. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think a lot less people are, are playing. I think uh, even yeah, in my too. generation, yep. we played a lot. Like we just played one-on-one all the time or two-on-two. And that's kind of how we learned how to do things against, uh, d- defense like yeah. uh, a lot of time players have one individual trainers and it's just you and the trainer and sometimes the trainer got a rebound so they're not playing defense so you're just doing all these moves on on no one so that's why we try to get a lot of as much help as we can but your idea uh, your your system works well too is having the having them to see it right away and yeah. that's why we, we try to record things also so i can go back and show them but that what you have is dope man i'm gonna tell you uh <laughs> You know, you hear a lot now about block training versus random training. Yeah. And when I was growing up, that's all I did was was block training. Same mm-hmm. shot, same move, 10, 15 times in a row until mm-hmm. I till I got it right or till it felt right. Yeah. But the difference was when I got done doing block training, I went to the gym and played pickleball for yeah. two hours. <laughs> yeah. So I got my defense. Uh, mm. in that situation. So now mm. that since kids are not playing as much, uh, yeah. we have to find ways in those training sessions to massage that critical thinking, to get the block training, to get the random training, to get to the, the, the defenders on them. Yeah. Um, so we have to kind of get it all in that, in that hour, hour and a half that, that, we're, that we're with them. Yeah. So um, next question I have for you. So we always ask players to improve, to get mm-hmm. better. Uh, go to the gym, get up 100 shots, or make 100 shots, make 150, you know, shoot 300 shots, work on your ball handling. But we as coaches also have to improve. We, we mm-hmm. got to get better. So what is it that you like to do uh, yeah. to improve your craft? Yeah, so I took a, I actually went on an internship with another mentor of mine, Alex Bazell, who trains like uh, Nafisi Collier, Candace Parker, Trey Young, Carmelo Anthony, Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, a bunch of NBA stars. So I went and um, did an internship with him in 20, December 2019. And I got to be in the gym with uh, some of those guys. And it was great um, learning from him, being able to be there in his sessions live and help out and see how he thinks about things and how he breaks things down. And um, I think I have, I have a couple of online things also that I follow. He has, through the lens, uh, Drew Hanlon has um a virtual school that i'm a part of um and just i think the most important thing to be able to progress in any field but if we're talking just training industry is finding a mentor that is obviously where you want to be 
and is doing the right things. So I would say Alex is one of my mentors. Uh, Phil Beckner is someone who I've always looked up to. And uh, he recently has became someone that I reached out to um, and like uh, got back to me and meant has, I've been connected with him for a while um, because he has a different approach to the game than Alex does. So I'm able to have two mentors that have two different perspectives. Uh, Phil is mainly like, um, he does skill development, obviously, but it's more like the mental side of things, like how to change player ha players' habits and get them to progress in life. And then Alex is mainly on-court stuff and stuff like that. So I think finding the right mentor and being able to ask that mentor questions when you need it. So if I need, if I'm struggling with a player that needs help with a shooting drill, I need a shooting drill, I could reach out to either one of those guys and they'll get back to me. So find, I think finding the right mentor and like I said, film. Film is the greatest training tools that not only for players, but for coaches. If you wanna learn how to do a certain move and teach a certain move, watch someone do it and break it down. Like change the speeds. There's ways you can change the speeds on YouTube to slow down and just break it down and stuff like that. Yeah, everyone is different. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've been on a on a couple of uh, Zoom calls with with Phil Begner. Um, I I haven't seen anything with 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 Alex uh, like on a personal level, like mm -hmm. a Zoom call or anything like that, or coaching clinic or anything. Um, I've seen stuff from Drew through, you know, online stuff. Um, but there are a number of different mentors out there. And, mm. and I, I've, I've always told people that I feel like everybody needs three mentors. Mm. And the, the first mentor is someone that you can touch. So someone local. And, mm. and when I say touch locally, but it could be someone that, um, that you have like a like a almost like a personal relationship and maybe mm -hmm. someone that's a little bit older than you a little bit more experienced but mm -hmm. when they see your name come up on that on their phone they're almost drop what they're doing and answer the phone if you need mm -hmm. something they're going to give it to you right away someone you know personally someone that you might could go to their their gym or their practice and you can watch them and you can ask questions mm -hmm. then there's someone that that you know um but you don't really know them personally but yeah. you can send them an email they may email you back in a day or two they can give you some information they can lead you in the right direction and then the third one is the person that you inspire to be mm -hmm. so you know you may Gannon Baker could be one of them Gannon Baker mm -hmm. may not know you from from Adam but yeah you read everything that he do you watch all his videos you, mm -hmm. you go to his website you read his blogs or whatever and you're like okay this is to the level I'm trying to get so mm -hmm. I'm trying to study what it is that you do. And I think if if everybody has those three type of mentors, mm -hmm. um, you'll learn the game. But like you say, it's got to be the right mentor. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's got to be someone that shared similar philosophies and beliefs and, and thoughts on the game as you do. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I think uh, I think it's really important to like you. I, I didn't even think about the local one, but I have a local um, mentor. And even my dad, I kind of consider my mentor also, but I think it's important to have someone local mainly because of the fact that these are the people that's going to hold you accountable. Like if I call my dad and I tell him whatever my situation is, he's not going to pick my side every time. He's going to yeah. tell me that he's going to tell me I'm wrong. And he's going to tell me what I did wrong and what I could do better. And I think that's the most important part is having someone that's willing to hold you accountable. But that's also you as a person is being able to 
uh, release that power and and let yep. go of your ego and and let people and be allow people to hold you accountable. Well, man, I appreciate you uh, coming on here, man, and and uh, sharing some of your knowledge with us. Won't you tell everybody how they can connect with you uh, through social media and feel free to plug anything that you that you yeah. have going on right now. So you can find me on Instagram at row the trainer R O T H T R A I N E R and same thing on Twitter. Uh, Right now we have a, a mentorship program going on for coaches and trainers. Uh, you can go to lhbasketball.com and sign up for that. We also have an online Lineheart Basketball Academy for high schoolers. Uh, in that academy, we watch a lot of film. We talk about school stuff. Um, I connect kids with tutors. I uh, reach out to college coaches for them. We do all NCAA clearinghouse prep, stuff like that for those kids in the online academy. And then we still have individual training and group training going on as well. Well, that's it for today's show. I appreciate everyone that tuned in. I hope you found it valuable and informative. If you like today's show, please share on social media and tag me. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at NBNBball. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and please give me a five-star rating. Also, be sure to check out my book, The Skill Development Playbook. This book will help you understand how to get organized and know what real skill development is. It can be found on my website by visiting tjonesfirm.com forward slash sdp hyphen book. Paperback is $9.99. The PDF version is $3.95. And also going to be found on Amazon. Just search skill development playbook and it should pop up. It's $9.99 for the paperback or $3.99 for the Kindle version. Now, if you need to contact me for anything skill development related, I can be reached by email at info at tjonesfirm.com. That's info at tjonesfirm.com. Again, I appreciate you for tuning in. Until next time, thank you. God bless.